with all not your truth or kindness, Lord. With all not your truth or kindness, Lord. Welcome to The Notice, where together we notice the mercy of God. I'm Susan Hookstra, your host. The Notice Podcast explores our need for validation and affirmation through biblical musings and unique stories from special guests. Experience relevant topics and encouragement as we take notice of how the God of mercy satisfies. On this episode of The Notice, is there something going on in your life you can't really talk about but wish you could? Do you find yourself having a need to vent? What is the best way to process everything we're experiencing? Listen to this episode where we talk about the differences between venting and lamenting and how God takes notice of us as we share with Him our challenges. Recently, an unfortunate incident happened on the campus of Michigan State University where I work. A black student attended a concert at the Wharton Center for the Arts. While there, she stopped in the gift shop. As she looked around, she noticed a display that depicted current and historically prominent African-American figurines hanging from trees. Although the display was intended to honor these individuals, it was clearly inappropriate and a disturbing reminder of lynching. The student was obviously angry and sickened by what she saw, and the university was appalled. The story ended up making national news and was even featured on a Saturday Night Live skit. A big reason it made national headlines was that the first thing she did was post pictures of it on Facebook. Certainly, she could have asked the manager of the gift store to get rid of the display, but instead, she chose to share it online. She posted a picture of the display with the following post. My intention posting these images was to vent and highlight the continuous acts of microaggressions I've experienced as a black student at MSU. The symbolism in these photos explains itself. I don't care about the artist's intent, nor the Wharton Center for Performing Arts gift shop intent. It's the impact of it and the accumulation of all the culturally insensitive events that have happened at MSU. Indeed, I think we can all agree it was an inappropriate display and the incident needed to be addressed. But regardless of how you feel about it, one thing really stood out to me from her post. The word vent. In a world where we are expressing ourselves immediately, just what does venting mean anyway? And is it effective or healthy? Or does it breed negativity? I'm not sure where you stand, but I've observed people going overboard about venting from one side to another, Some people don't vent at all and become what they call stuffers. This can play havoc on your psyche and spiritual walk. For others, talking out loud about our experiences appears to be a real coping mechanism that allows us to rationalize and validate our fears, concerns, worries, dreams, or hopes. I do understand we have to go somewhere with our issues. Pop psychology tells us that to be a healthy person, we must vent. After all, if we don't express anger and disappointment, it will be bottled up inside and we just might explode. However, 
especially with the onset of social media, it appears there is a trend to elevate venting as not only a need, but something we all deserve. It's as if we tell ourselves we are entitled to vent, to let something out that we've built up for a while. But venting rarely brings positive results. Often, it can lead to rants where we, quote, go off about something we're passionate about. I'm not sure going off and self-control are one and the same. But let's just say I'm going to rant about rants. If I'm ranting, I guess I have to be honest and say that "Mm, I get it. I'm passionate about the need to vent. And there are times when a good rant expresses our stance against sin. I also understand that when life gets crazy, we want someone to take notice. We are seeking someone to validate or acknowledge our experience. Our lives are filled with all kinds of pressure. We battle the enemy, our flesh, circumstances, and worldly influences. If that's not enough, just like a pop can, someone or something shakes that pressure up even more and we explode. Venting can allow us to release some of the pressure before it explodes. So yes, I do think we have a need to vent, but perhaps we need to explore how or why we do. After all, venting affects those around us. We may just find us cleaning up even even stickier mess. So what about you? What ways do you vent? And who do you vent to? And what is it about? For me, I've seen venting happen a lot at work. I'm not sure why, but it seems to be a way of bonding with our colleagues or something. More times than not, The venting centers on other people or policies we don't agree with. And then in my personal life, I've also had friends who simply wanted to hang out with me because I guess I'm easy to vent to. When my daughters were young, we even came up with what I call car talk. This started happening after concerts where we limited our opinions about the performance until we were in the car, where it was safe to voice our issues amongst ourselves. This way we weren't hurting anyone. And what about this need to vent right away? Do we have to? So many of us use social media to vent, sometimes without thinking. Recently, I saw an interesting Instagram post from Erin Napier from the HGTV show Hometown. She said, hey, let's have a chat about social media. I think it's time to work through some things. Instagram is my cozy place a photo journal of the moments I don't mind sharing because maybe it will make someone feel like they are other people like them in the world. Or maybe it will give you courage to be distinctly you in a world that values perfection over personal. It's a place to show our work or sometimes it's just because I want to remember a moment that is simple and concise way to catalog my memories. What this isn't. It's not a place for people I don't know to come and air their grievances or be mean or critical. If you are thinking to yourself, well, it feels good to say my piece, warts and all, go ahead and tap that unfollow button. People who feel that way have nothing in common with me and you're not going to fit in here. I get to say who participates in what I share and if someone is cruel or critical, I'll block them. I guard my heart. I recommend you do the same. So we clean up this cozy photo journal we're all trying to enjoy. Like Erin, I'm concerned with our use of social media. We are misusing Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter just to vent. 
or maybe to get our voices here heard or simply to feel noticed. We don't seem to mind how our events may affect others. We don't seem to mind that an internal situation ends up going viral, stirring up even more discord. We may just make a sticky situation even stickier. Which begs the questions, could venting be a problem? Does it matter how often we vent? Or is it who we're venting to? Honestly, venting comes across as complaints or murmurings. Rarely do we vent about something positive. Continual venting may damage our relationship with others if we only use them as venting objects. The risk is high with people who are closest to us, like spouses, close friends, co-workers. We reduce others to be our sounding boards, almost like a tool. If you're ever on that side of a venting relationship, you discover the venter doesn't really want encouragement or advice. Most times, they just want to let off steam. So, don't kid yourself. You're not anyone special if someone likes to vent to you. They could vent to almost anyone with the same results. During one season of my life, I learned how much venting affected my relationships. At that time, my husband and I lived in two different cities. Each weekend, he would travel two hours each way to see me. The job I had at the time was intense, and I often found myself exhausted and frustrated. One of the ways I processed the stress was to vent. Each weekend when he arrived, I found myself venting to him about my dissatisfaction with the job. Although he patiently listened, after several months, I began to realize how negative I became. What happened to the joy of the Lord? Which got me to thinking, is venting really the best way to express myself? What does it accomplish? Isn't venting just complaining in disguise? Complaining or grumbling is obviously not pleasing to God. Philippians 2.14 tells us, Do all things without grumbling or questioning. And Ephesians 4.29 encourages us, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that I may give grace to those who hear. Since negative outcomes come out of negative thoughts and speech, I started really looking at what I was talking about. I discovered an acronym using the word THINK and began to ask myself the following questions. T. Is it true? H. Is it helpful? I. Is it inspiring? N. Is it necessary? And K. Is it kind? I can't help but think of the young lady's response to the incident at MSU. Would she have responded differently to the situation had she considered those questions? Indeed, injustices need to be expressed and fought for. That's not my point. Our guide knows we have a human need to express ourselves. Many creative activities like music, art, dance, and theater are wrought with human expression. However, God doesn't encourage us us to vent, but he does give us the lament. The lament is a biblical way to express our feelings to God. Many of the Psalms are laments. An entire book of the Bible called Lamentation shows us this different way. The key here is not only the language we use when expressing ourselves, but who we are expressing ourselves to. Instead of venting to each other, 
What if we lamented to God? Here's some great examples of laments from the Psalms. Psalms 13, 3 and 4. Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say, I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. Or Psalm 77, 1 through 3. I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. These expressions highlight our struggles, but they also give us an opportunity to redirect. Maybe you're a little confused as to the difference between venting and lamenting. Let's talk about a few examples. See if you can listen to the following comments and determine if they are a vent or a lament. I never get any appreciation around here and nobody ever helps me out. I feel exhausted and neglected. I know I'm doing the best I can, but God, can you help others to see that I need help? Can you help me find ways to help myself? Can you believe all the problems one person causes? He's so high and mighty, he doesn't even seem to notice his issues, and he ends up blaming me instead. That isn't fair. Lord, I'm overwhelmed right now. I'm having a hard time being patient with this person, and I need your help. Perhaps you can see that one of the main differences between these examples is who we are venting to. Some are venting to God and some are venting to another person. The other main difference has to do with humility and pride. You see, when we cry out to God, we have a posture of humility. We know we can't handle the situation ourselves and need his help. However, when we vent, we often grumble against others, even God, and have a posture of self-righteousness. With that kind of posture, we come across as critical, judgmental, maybe even sarcastic. We aren't acknowledging God's kindness, goodness, mercy, love, or his ability to fix our problems. I know that may sound extreme, but ultimately, it's kind of denying the gospel. You'll also notice that some of the Psalms of Lament involve whole communities. Some are individuals protesting individual circumstances. But in each one of them, the common thread is who they are crying out to. The common theme is that people are crying out to God and saying, we don't know what's going on and we want you to make it stop. Although God is not an inanimate sounding board, he really can take it. He's not someone we have to make an impression on or someone who betrays our confidence. We can vent away. He can take it. And like I said, he can do, we can vent 24-7. For others, we look at venting as a way to process what we're experiencing. Yes, we all need processing time. But aren't there other ways to express ourselves or process without verbalizing them? Maybe we can journal, write a song, a poem or just have time alone with God. With today's technology, we could even vent by recording ourselves and listening back to it later. Go ahead and process without causing an even stickier mess, especially without using social media as your outlet. 
Perhaps you understand that laments can be sent directly to God and are taking steps to stop venting to others. Awesome. But if we're honest, sometimes we vent because we're avoiding conflict. Plainly said, we want to avoid having that direct conversation with the person we're actually venting about. Resolving conflict can be tricky, but the Bible is clear on how to resolve conflict with other Christians. Once you know what needs to be addressed or not, bring your experience directly to that person. Be honest with where you are at and what you need, and be open to what they have to say about it and what God may be teaching you. According to scripture, when wrong, the first thing we must do is, like I said, address that individual, keeping the matter between us. If the matter still isn't resolved, we are to move to the next step. Matthew 18:16 tells us, But if you will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. However, before we approach that person, how can we best prepare? The first thing we need to do is pray. If you feel the need to vent, vent to God first. Avoid sharing the conflict with others. Remember, God is the only one who truly sees the situation in its entirety and knows how to best handle it. Only he can change a heart, either ours or our offenders. David frequently poured out his heart to God, but never vented about Saul to others. Protect. Protect unity. When sharing prayer requests, ask yourself, is it crucial to share the individual's name or every detail of the event? Do I have any unchristian-like motives lingering beneath my request? If so, remain quiet and be careful not to overshare. Address. Address the individual first. If you find yourself in a situation where there's an ongoing issue that is not criminal in nature with an unbeliever, it may be best to just let it go. We can't be surprised when unbelievers sin. But if it's a believer, it takes courage and humility, but you need to go to that person. It is an act of humble, courageous obedience to address ongoing concerns or sinful actions. As mentioned above, if upon addressing the individual, the issue still is not resolved, ask one or two others to help. Patience. Sometimes issues just take time to resolve. Be patient. Be persistent, making sure to cloak your words and actions with love. Let it go. Romans 1.18 says, As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Unfortunately, peace doesn't always depend on us. But obey. The rest is up to God. He'll let you know. If you find yourself still venting about it, you might not have let it go. Friends, we live in a fallen world. Sin happens and conflicts hurt. Hurts may lead to bitterness and anger, which can lead to disunifying malice and slander. Through each step of this process, we must continually unveil our hearts to God, asking him to purify us of all unrighteousness and selfishness. Give yourself time to learn this new skill. As mentioned earlier, God convicted me that spending time venting when I only saw my husband a couple days a week wasn't really helping either of us. And he helped me to learn this new spiritual skill. But it started off small. So when one Friday came and my husband arrived, I began my usual venting. 
However, this time before I started, I pulled out a timer and set it for 20 minutes. I allowed myself time to vent, but once the timer went off, I didn't bring up the subject of work again for the rest of the weekend. 20 minutes flew by quickly as I listened more intently to what I was saying. When the timer went off, I stopped. Later that weekend, I was tempted to vent more about work, but God gently whispered, bring it to me. God wants to hear from us. He knows the details of our situation and even has the power to do something about it. Putting a simple timer on venting taught me to pick my battles, exercise self-control, and focus on gratefulness. I learned to let it hurt, let it heal, and let it go. I stopped venting until I was over the hurt and began to heal. A more fervent prayer life and connection with God resulted. Musician Michael Card said, We all carry deep within ourselves a pressurized reservoir of tears. It takes only the right key at the right time to unlock them. In God's perfect time, these tears can be released to form a healing flood. That's the beauty and the mystery of the prayer of lament. So I encourage you, when you need to cry out, lament. Don't vent. And avoid venting on social media. Our God is there to receive. So how have you learned to lament to God? I'd love to hear about it. Email me at susan at susankhookstra.com to share your story. You just might hear it on a future episode of The Notice. So how can you best support The Notice? First of all, keep listening and be sure to share it with others. You can also join our Facebook page or sign up for our emails. And reviews on iTunes are always appreciated. Next time on The Notice, have you ever taken notice of the homeless? Do you ever wonder how they came to experience life without a home? Listen to this episode where I talk with Judy Allen, a college English teacher and playwright. You'll hear how a story project she started in one of her classrooms helped students notice the misconceptions surrounding homelessness and led her to write her play, I Have a Name. Hear how God interweaved the stories her students wrote, the relationships that develop, and how we may overcome the images we have of the homeless. You won't want to miss this incredible story of how God notices the homeless. Until then, take notice. Oh